I think, Joey, this is a very, very important question, and this plays in the mind of everybody. Because uh, so, so development, I think, and I categorize development as an activity that human beings do for uh, short-term gains, and ecology and conservation is needed for long-term security and gain. So hello everyone. So today we have Dr. Andheria, one of the most revered wildlife conservationists in the country. So how are you doing, sir? I'm doing fine. It's good to be here, Joey. Looking forward to this conversation. For our, all our listeners, third March of every year is observed as World Wildlife Day, and the theme this year is recovering key species for ecosystem restoration. So, Dr. Andheria, how do you think this theme resonates with the current situation in the world? Be pandemic or the changing climate. What are your views on this? So I think it's a apt uh, theme. Uh, we have seen that over the last uh, five or six decades, there has been a severe collapse of ecosystems. Be it tropical evergreen forests, grasslands, or marine. So these are ecosystems that have all dwindled in a way. When I say dwindled. It is not only in terms of uh, the density of uh, producers. By producers, I mean plants. We are talking of land and coral mm. reefs. When you talk of the oceans, but also uh, in the reduction in biodiversity, because the lot of species either have uh, collapsed in terms of population, and some of them, some unfortunate ones, have got extinct. We don't even know how many species, unknown species, have got extinct because our knowledge. Of the number of species mm -hmm. is limited. We are uh, as as science has described around uh, 1.3 million species on Earth. However, ecologists wow. uh, ecologists know that uh, mm -hmm. there could be anywhere between 3.5 to 9 million species on this planet, and uh, we mm -hmm. are in the, the Anthropocene. Uh, we mm -hmm. are seeing some of the fastest uh, or the the fastest extinction rates. Of mm -hmm. uh, you know of 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 our times, and at that extinction rate, we are only talking about known species. We cannot talk about mm -hmm. unknown because we don't even know. So you can imagine how many species are being lost uh, even before we discover them. So when you talk of ecosystem restoration, normally what happens is people find it very difficult to. Comprehend as to how are we going to recover an ecosystem because ecosystem is a very very big thing, uh, and for a common man it's almost impossible to understand because there are so many things one needs to do. So therefore, uh, what is being done is that uh, we are thinking about key species. So these are basically nothing but uh, either umbrella species like tigers or elephants because they are large ranging because they they need large spaces. If you conserve, uh, if you want to conserve a tiger, or if you want to conserve a herd of elephant, you cannot conserve it in a small land. You will need vast stretches of habitat, and so you have to protect large stretch, large stretches of habitat that is conducive to their uh, uh, population growth. And once you do that, automatically you will be able to conserve many, many more species that share that habitat with the tiger. 
what it also does is when you look at these kind of uh, key species uh, these large habitats which are forested or even if it's a grassland they sequester a lot of carbon because you have uh, in terms of grass also uh, there is a lot of carbon in grass as well as in the soil if you look at the forest then 50% of the by 50% of the weight of a tree is carbon and so True. when you to protect these kind of key species it could even be a hornbill it could be a great indian bustard it could be a cheetah mm-hmm. or it could be a a shark in the ocean could be a whale it could be a dolphin in the river so these are mm-hmm. key species because they are synonymous with those habitats they are called also umbrella species because of that mm-hmm. that all other species then automatically get protected in that ecosystem so when you start protecting large areas that is ecosystem automatically you sequester more carbon automatically those ecosystems act as a sponge that means you will have more precipitation which means rains are also which are very important because all our drinking water comes from uh, surface water bodies which means either uh, rivers or lakes and lakes are formed lakes are all largely man made um, uh, because they are formed because of dams so you have dams on the river and though that water body is providing water to uh, big prosperous cities so key conservation of key species either in the sea or on land has a positive cascading effect on so many other ecosystem services which means you automatically protect the forest and therefore the forest will regulate temperature it will manufacture soil for you free of cost it will give you oxygen it will sequester carbon it will help pollinate pollinators uh, to pollinate our crops it will also have dispersal so there are so many different ecosystem services that we get from ecosystems that are conserved in the name of these umbrella species or key species true uh, dr andheria uh, deriving from what you said about dams and uh, the anthropogenic interventions in the ecosystem how do you think the paradox of conservation and development plays off each other i think joey this is a very very important question and this plays in the mind of everybody because uh, so so development i think and i categorize development as an activity that human beings do for uh, short term gains and ecology and conservation is mm-hmm. needed for long term security and gain so when you have okay. a comparison between short term and long term normally what happens is the short term uh, wins because human beings don't think in ecological time scales when i say short term long term i mean in in comparison to ecological time scales for instance this planet was formed about 4.6 billion years ago human beings evolved on this planet just 160000 years ago but a tiger has been living on this planet for 3 million years uh, wow. the the flowering plants that you see are as much as 250 million years ago the first insects were uh, evo- the first insects evolved on this planet about 450 to 500 million years ago okay the termites that you see they are mm-hmm. as old as uh, you know 3 4 5 million year 500 million years so uh, the species have been here and that is the ecological time scale that the earth understands but human mm-hmm. beings 
understand a much smaller time scale for instance a political party would want to uh, make sure that they benefit the population and and in that they would want to develop in the five years that they get so for them their agenda is short term which means people have no water people can't do agriculture people need transportation okay so therefore what normally happens is that those needs are they try to satisfy the needs of the human beings in the process they shortchange uh, ecosystems now this is not mm-hmm. an indian phenomenon this is global so wherever uh, there are existing ecosystems this is the tug of war between development and uh, conservation however i feel and and our my organization the wildlife conservation trust uh, mm-hmm. believes that ecology is the bedrock of economy which means eventually for any business to prosper you will need a healthy staff uh, base which means you, you will need water for anything you make whether it is a mm-hmm. cotton cloth whether it is a computer chip or whether it is mm-hmm. a uh, you know a rocket that's you going to launch they will all require water you will require smart people who will need food oxygen and water to survive so you cannot think of economy when ecology decays and so uh, whether we like it or not we will have to think of sustainable businesses uh, <laughs> which take into consideration uh, the environment so in 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 other words you have to look at the environment uh, the the natural capital <laughs> the social capital and then the 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 actual economics and the the financial capital so the financial capital will ride on a healthy ecosystem in the long run so most of our sustainability models therefore and i urge businesses to think this way should not the sustainability should not be measured over 5 years or 10 years a project should be termed sustainable only if it is sustainable for the next 100 years or 200 years if you tick mark those boxes automatically your business will have a far lesser negative impact on the environment so automatically the next generation will have a clean air to breathe in otherwise you can make big money but eventually all that money will be spent on health and covid is a great example which is basically because of environment degradation that uh, people got exposed to viruses that are found in animals now that has happened because people have gone into the forest to collect wild animals to eat and that has happened because a there is a cultural predisposition b because the forest has been thinned out so this is the greatest example the entire world is crippled for the last 2 mm-hmm. two years so now i think uh, businesses um, and policy makers have to open their eyes to the fact that you cannot have a prosperous healthy planet without healthy seas and healthy forests if you take care of those two you can have a sustainable business which can give you profits and dividends for many more years to come so i think uh, that is where we must all focus and we must look at ecosystems and in fact my teacher are these animals and plants because they have managed to survive on this planet with zero technology or a technology that we don't understand uh, without a piece of cloth on their body have withstand all kind of vagaries of weather which means cyclones and all that and they still do well which means that you need to also unlearn a bit try and see what our fellow species on this planet are doing 
and if we replicate what they are doing i'm sure we will be able to uh, be as prosperous as we are in fact we will be able to reduce the inequity that exists between the rich and poor if we become more sustainable in the way we live our lives true uh, dr andera that is surely a point to ponder upon um while i do understand uh, the paradox of conservation and development and how we feel ecology being the bedrock for the economy uh, in today's scenario what kind of role do you see uh, corporates playing in safeguarding the environment because uh, i would really like to mention the project which we are doing together securing tiger corridor between the melghat and satpura uh, tiger reserves and how do you feel interventions from corporates like sbi or um, other market uh, Uh, you know market earning um, billion billion multinational companies how do you how do you feel they make uh, an impact or how do you feel they can uh, become the bedrock of uh, conservation in india in fact that is already happening so for instance wildlife conservation trust has been working uh, uh, very intensively and both extensively in the last 12 years um, but as of now a lot of our funds more, more than 80% of our funds come from corporates so an organization like us that acts as a think tank for state governments where we are actually inputting into the policy of the the government uh, is able to work because corporates like yourself are strengthening us so definitely uh, uh, csr is a is a god sent act because of which lot of corporates in fact i would say that there were several corporates who were anyways doing things even before this act um, came into being but now with this act people are uh, you know opening up uh, to this uh, field of environment as well because initially when csr was launched mostly people started putting money in uh, education and health but then they realized that health and education are definitely important but the problems in those fields are symptomatic the real problem is the environmental problem if we can solve the environmental problem automatically health and all those things can always improve and so uh, the environment bit got included in the act in a much more bigger way and therefore uh, the project that you mentioned uh, is possible to do because uh, uh, say a few years ago it was impossible to raise money uh, for these kind of projects now this project uh, in, in short is trying to strengthen the forest which is which lies or which connects two of the largest tiger reserves of central india melghat is more than 2200 square kilometers satpura is also more than 2000 square kilometers both these parks have very healthy tiger populations both these parks are the birthplace of nearly five to six rivers each so they are helping irrigation on vast stretches of land around them so they have a very big role to play in terms of uh, providing water for the farming community and india is 60% farmers still so on that front strengthening uh, the area between these parks which is a large area we are looking at more than 4500 square kilometers of corridor which is one of the largest corridors and it's highly undulating it's mountainous so that corridor is also acting as a catchment for a lot of rivers and so if we understand the the the, the quality of the corridor we will be able to 
provide information to the government so that the government uh, while planning developmental projects will be able to uh, reduce the negative impact of those projects on the corridor as a result there will be a win win on both sides on one side the tiger which is our guiding light is telling us that this forest is important so we through our project will understand which are those areas that tigers are using for movement which are the areas where tigers are breeding and therefore we will talk to the state governments and because it's a between two states we will talk to both the state governments and highlight those areas so those areas may remain outside tiger reserves but they will be treated with as much importance as tiger reserves are as a result in the future uh, whenever any developmental projects are planned uh, their significance will be kept in mind and therefore this will kind of uh, ensure that the corridor between the two parks is left intact uh, and development can also happen side by side tigers will be able to move between melgaat and satpura and that itself helps in keeping the heterogeneity of the genetic pool high which is very very good it is the best way to fight extinction thank you dr andhira i think i think what you have addressed today uh, is is going to make is going to be a key uh, key remark in uh, india's conservation challenges the challenges basically uh, our country is facing right now and uh, i feel uh, the situation of habitat fragmentation which our uh, project is trying to uh, uh, address is something uh, which might become base for a lot of research and a lot of uh, uh, you know policy advocacy uh, coming in the future so it was really nice talking to you dr andheria today and i hope such uh, million of million more of such projects come in the future and wildlife conservation trust surely will be a torch be- torch bearer for such projects in the country thank you so thank much you, for your time thank you joy thank you joy uh, it was a pleasure talking to you and the audience